0: the world didn't need another hockey podcast it needed a better one bear witness to the two man forecheck good evening chris good evening mike uh we are recording an a special mid uh week uh mid edition of the show um, got to say it's a little bit weird to shift focus from the day stuff to hockey but I am a hundred percent okay with it, and do you know why? Because it's hockey. Yes, it is September, and there are meaningful games being played. There may be only one series active. We should and be one in series we, left.
1: We should be in training camp right now. We should be, <laughs> we, should, we, should <laughs> we should, but we're not. It's September sixteenth. We should be in training camp. We should, but we're not. It's very all know why. weird.
0: Yes, it's weird, um, but I think on top of and before all of the other topics that we have, mm-hmm. can we just open and close the Con Smythe conversation with, uh, with two words, like uh, five syllables?
1: Yeah, well... Anton Hudobin. I, I knew that's where you were going. I figured out the I figured out the five syllables. I'm not ready to anoint him yet, but he
0: literally has to win two games in the Stanley Cup Finals and not melt down in the in the rest of the series. Like, legitimately, not allow five goals a game in the rest of the series for me to consider him your Conn Smythe champion or Conn Smythe winner, whether he gets the award or not. Because nobody, nobody, nobody left. On either, of, on either of the Eastern Conference teams has had a bigger impact on their team than Anton Hudobin.
1: And I agree with that. I, I, but the, Unless, problem, of course, the problem is, and I mean, you and I can have the same opinion. We can have this opinion that Anton Hudobin should win it no matter what. Unfortunately, the powers that be or the voters that be are... <laughs> The talking head whoever it is that votes for this particular award are going to wait until the entire playoffs is over, wait to see if it's Tampa Bay or not, wait to see if Braden Point comes back and plays, wait to see if Vasilevsky has another good game or two. I I don't as much as I like Hudobin and I think that he is the most deserving of the award at this moment in time. I I just get this odd feeling that they're going to try and. Hose hand him? it to somebody. It, they're going to hose him. They hosed Gensel a couple of years ago. Oh. It's it's there's history. <laughs> there's precedent for me to say this. Yes.
0: I mean, it, <laughs> in fairness, that was Pittsburgh and not anyone else. In Pittsburgh, you really only had three choices uh, based on their, and they maybe made four the choices wrong one. based on their name starting at the beginning of the year.
1: And they made the wrong one because oh, without yes. Jake Gensel, that team does not get that far.
0: No, I don't know that that team makes it out of the second round that year without Jake Gensel.
1: That was absolute atrociousness handing and it I'm, to Sidney Crosby.
0: And they flat out did not win the Stanley Cup without him performing at that level.
1: No. Plain but, and simple. Like But that's of all be of my... the
0: things that I believe about hockey, that is clearly in the top fifteen or twenty things that I will that is a bridge I am prepared to die on.
1: That that atrocity happened?
0: <laughs> that exactly. That Jake Gensel was the absolute indisputable <laughs> best and most impactful player for uh, in the playoffs.
1: And yet somehow, I I, I mean, I'm sure that if you ask people, they'll say, well, he has to he has to pay his dues or some such crap. No, no, but no, there is there is nowhere in the description
0: for any individual season award that says pay your dues.
1: Exactly. I agree. In fact, there's 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 other precedent that they've given it to players. In fact, the last player to do it. On a losing team was John Sebastian Jaguar for the Anaheim Ducks. Yes. In a losing effort, won the Conn Smythe Trophy. Which (laughs) has
0: only happened a handful of times.
1: Uh, I think it's only happened like two or three. (laughs) Yes.
0: And that's in 70, 90 years of history
1: of the award. Um, But he was that good. In, in kick dragging his team kicking and screaming <laughs> as far as he did. Uh, and I mean, there's literally no one
0: else that you can vote for on the on the Dallas Stars to take away votes from Anton Hudobin. No. I mean Jamie Benn has been respectable. Tyler Sagan, Sagan has Sagan displayed a better defensive game than we've come to expect of him, but hasn't knows. contributed the offense.
1: I was going to say, Tyler Sagan strikes me as the, uh, I don't know if he's doing his best Krejci imitation or what, but he's disappeared. Although Krejci doesn't disappear in the playoffs. That's the thing with Krejci is that he's no. actually good in the playoffs. But Sagan has pulled a, a disappearing act. He's, he's shown up. Sometimes defensively, he he needs to put the puck in the net and they keep talking about it. they're waiting. He's going to explode. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He still hasn't done it. He's got one round left. Uh, defensively, they talk about Mira Heiskinen, but he hasn't Who has been done.
0: Fun? He's really, really good.
1: He hasn't done enough to win a Conn Smythe, though. Neither is Klingbird. Neither is Alexiak. Uh I mean – there isn't anybody else on that team that is deserving of the award, as is Anton. Uh, it, Dobby has been Dobby has been really, really good. I like watching Miro Hask-
0: Haskinen play hockey. No, let no one tell you anything else. I like watching him play hockey. Am I going to sit here and say that I think he's a top 10 NHL defenseman? Mm. Not today. No. Do I think that he's had one of the most impressive and consistent performances for defensemen in the playoffs this season? Absolutely. But this is a very special circumstance. We're probably never going to see anything like this again, I hope. And we have to see how he does it with the adjustments for constant travel, changes in the city. Changes in all of the normal playoff uh, and regular season, um, regular season uh, distractions before I can say, yes, he's at that level.
1: See, and I and, and I'm it, I like him. They see the 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 pundits seem to want to create oh, they this love him. They want to create this rivalry, though, or, or create some sort of of, uh, of, of disdain between Mira Heisken and Quinn Hughes, and Kale McCarr. And which one would you pick, Who would you go with? And, I mean, I still put Heisken in third. I mean, he's had a whole year ahead of these other two guys, and okay, I'm still not as sold on him. I mean, what I've seen out of Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr... In their rookie seasons, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a more difficult time putting them 1 2 or 2 1 or whatever, but for me, Heiskin is still third on the list.
0: I can see that.
1: Um, I mean, that we, had, said, we had that discussion a while ago, uh, probably about a month, month and a half ago.
0: That said, uh, I think that the other two teams are more talented at forward, and I know Dallas Star fans are going to blow up at that,
1: uh, <laughs> and I don't care. Um, well, after you get past, after you get past Ben Sagan, uh, Radulov, Ger- Ger- Radulov, uh, Gurianov is. One level beneath, but he's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. He's fun. Uh, he's Kibiranta, I still say flash in the pan because after his hat trick, didn't do anything until the other night when he scored the game-tying goal. And that's fine. You come up in big moments. That's great. You get, you get a rep for being a big-time scorer. But if the only goals you score are in big moments, but that means you only score 10 goals a season – um. yeah what are you
0: doing the rest of the time
1: yeah so I'm still on flash in the pan mode for Kibiranta uh, and then after that you start talking about a bunch of old guys goons well I mean you still have Perry and you now have uh, oh Jalway Pavelski's on the team and, and he's 30, 36 now 35 37 somewhere in there
0: it's is probably unfair to call him an old guy, but in terms of pro sports, he's—I I think he's—he's he's not quite that
1: old. I mean, Corey Perry is—is is not the young. But no, uh, you have a bunch of hockey old guys after Ben
0: Sagan and Radulov. Yeah. Um, Pavelski is thirty-six years old. Um,
1: Radulov is actually thirty-four. Ben is thirty-one. Pavelski is 36, like you said. Cogliano, 33. Blake Como, 34. Corey Perry, 35. Uh, Their window, this might be their window?
0: They probably have one more season left uh, on their window without reloading up front.
1: Their defense is actually in better shape. Lindell's 26. Their defense is
0: very young. Like Overall, it's very young.
1: Alexiak's 27.
0: And Alexiak Uh, has been in the league forever at this point.
1: That's where Ryan Shea ended up. Ryan Shea from, I believe, Northeastern.
0: I mean, Alexiak is 27 (laughs) years old.
1: I like Alexiak. He played his first games
0: back in the 12 13 season. He has over 300 games uh, on his resume um, between Dallas and Pittsburgh. And some time injured, but...
1: uh, What's it say about Pittsburgh that they actually traded him back to Dallas because they did... I mean, you have a defenseman that you can actually do something with, and you trade him back to Dallas. uh,
0: Well, they traded for (laughs) Phil Kessel to get tougher, so...
1: No, they traded Phil Kessel away to get tougher. They brought in Galchenyuk.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Because, well, you know, Galchenyuk is the epitome of of brutishness and toughness when you're, you know. Yeah. Penguins got a, the Penguins traded Alexiak back to the Stars. After acquiring him from the Stars, traded him back two years later to get a fourth round pick. Some guy named Eric Yorth, who, if memory serves, has not played a day in the NHL. (laughs) And genuinely, I
0: love how many trades in the NHL involve players who will never play in the NHL.
1: Oh, wait, they traded that pick away. What? He belongs to the Columbus Blue Jackets now. So so Pittsburgh has nothing out of this. They traded Alexiak away. Oh, God, stop. I, We got to move on. This is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> well, um, by now you've heard the name uh, of possibly – of a guy who's about to become possibly the most famous uh, hockey player never to play in the NHL. Uh, if you hadn't heard of it before uh, we sat down uh, for today's show. Mm-hmm. You certainly have now because he's been involved in filing a lawsuit uh, against the National Hockey League.
1: Well, you've heard the first name anyway.
0: All of Canadian junior hockey. Um,
1: yeah, everybody except everybody except USA hockey, which, well, that's because Canadians can't play on USA hockey. Um, and that's
0: really part of
1: the lawsuit. But if I remember the story, if I remember reading it correctly, it involved every single league on the North American continent, NHL, WHL, CHL. The Southern
0: Professional Hockey League was left out, but then again, (laughs) who cares?
1: Are they getting paid any better than than the guys in the CHL, then? Probably not. NHL, WHL, the Q, the OHL, the AHL, the ECHL, and Hockey Canada are all listed as defendants.
0: The young man is Kobe Moore, 21-year-old out of Lloydminster, uh, Alberta. Um, He is – his lawsuit, which he is hoping to have uh, upgraded to a class-action lawsuit uh, in the amount of uh, several hundred million dollars, um, alleges that uh, the system – and this is a quote from the TSN article – the practice creates a system that imprisons young hockey players between 16 and 20. Um, that's uh, his lawyer, Felix uh, Antoine Michaud. Um Going uh, going a little bit further into the argument uh, or into the article, uh, and I quote, The player in Canada doesn't have the same rights as a European player. Canadian player doesn't have the possibility to play in the American and East Coast leagues at 18 or 19. A European player has the possibility to play in these leagues at 18 and 19. Um, This arrangement is not legal under the Competition Act. Do you know what surprises me about this article?
1: No, you're going to have to inform me on this one.
0: Um, The details, which are very early stages, uh, the article will tell you, or any of the other articles on the topic will tell you, that this hasn't been certified, it hasn't been uh, backed well, in the courts, it hasn't been proven. But, well, but, yeah. Um, the thing that surprises me about this article, this lawsuit um, by um, uh, Kobe Moore, is that in 2020, on uh, September fifteenth, I believe it was uh, the uh, the the lawsuit was filed. Um, that this issue hasn't already been settled because this is plain as the nose on my face that yeah they're not uh, they're not allowed the same freedom of movement as other uh, young hockey players and you really don't have to scratch the surface very deep to find the reason why.
1: Well, the answer, I was going to say the answer is kind of right here. Strategies to keep the player in the CHL and the CHL wants to keep the player in the league to have the capacity to have this money. Michaud said now the money is in the paragraph before it, where it says NHL teams pay bonus or development quote-unquote money to chl clubs whose players are drafted which the suit calls unlawful arrangements between the defendants so basically the chl team is keeping that player on their squad so that they can collect money from the nhl team that drafted that player
0: see that part i think is actually good for hockey development junior sports minor league sports have a very, 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 very tough time competing. It's just a fact of life. I mean, ask anyone who's a lifelong Devils fan how many uh, ECHL uh, franchises they had uh, over the past 20 years and where they've been. They've been all over the place. Um, Even
1: I mean even look around and see how often the affiliations change. So the problem so the problem with this that I have is and you're right it's good that, that is in in theory a good scenario. The problem is that that money that the team that the CHL team is collecting becomes a bigger attract attraction so they hold the player back longer. And then, as it says in the next paragraph, the NHL and CHL have an agreement together saying no player can play in an affiliate league, the AHL or ECHL. So this is where they say the players have – this is where he's saying the players have no rights. Th- they're stuck.
0: I don't disagree. They're um, stuck. But they have nowhere to go. They do have places to go. They're just limited. Uh, in limited and on the professional side
1: side.
0: Um, The thing for me is the reason it's set up this way for the CHL teams, the O, the Q and the dub um, is to put butts in seats. It's not just the revenue or the direct revenue for developing players that are drafted. It's the butts in seats in what is it close to 70 or certainly fit north of 50 uh, teams across Canada and the Northwest, uh, the Pacific Northwest. Here's another, here's another issue I have. And, you know, unlike here where the USHL probably isn't t- uh, televised in more than three or four cities, I would
1: is have to... Televised?
0: I would have to imagine that almost every, if not every CHL team is televised, at least locally and we certainly see at least 12-15 teams a year uh, being shown on the NHL
1: and on the NHL network ha- and those teams have fairly loyal followings oh yeah hey, here's my here's my biggest here's here, i don't know if it's my biggest issue but here's one of one of the things that sticks in my craw a little bit now in america they can play they can go and play college hockey but it says here the CHL Canadian Hockey League which is a semi-pro major junior, whatever you want to call it. Correct. It's not a school league. Yep. But it says the CHL has always considered major junior players who typically range from 16 to 20 years old student athletes. Um, they're not in school. Well, yes and no. The
0: 16, the kids who are under age, they're attending local schools, sometimes virtually. Um, okay, fine. Then sixteen
1: to eighteen. What is this? Sixteen. The to college
0: 20? students. The college students. Well, some people are <clears throat> better athletes than they are students, and I understand uh, that. Yes. May take a tiny bit longer to graduate. Um. So yeah, you will see some nineteen and twenty year olds in high school. Um. But yeah, I. I'm surprised it's taken this long for the lawsuit to land. I do not know enough about Canadian law to know how this will turn out. But I think in America, they
1: also don't have player associations like the NHL does.
0: Again, they're not really. I mean, they're semi-professionals, not professionals.
1: Uh, and the, other, the other thing it doesn't mention is the size of or if there is the existence of an actual class for a class action lawsuit.
0: That's be. I mean, it has I mean, the lawsuit was certified or was entered into the court records or filed yesterday. It's going to take time.
1: Yes, but in order to be a class action, you have to have more than one Oh yeah, you have to have a
0: number of injured parties. I think uh, that you're going to see people showing up out of the woodwork for this. Um, <laughs> I'm not one saying you not,
1: and, and, and I'm not arguing against it. I think that I, I think that yeah, this is kind of surprising that it's taken this long. If this practice has been in place
0: for oh, this as practice long has as been, as been in place forever. I mean, when uh, it, just going back uh, to the amount of time that we've covered hockey. Uh, if you go back to Sagan's and Hall's draft year, uh, we talked about, you know, him not being really eligible to play in the AHL uh, because he was Canadian uh, at 18. He'd have to go straight to the NHL or stay in major junior. Yeah. Uh Obviously, in that particular case, he went straight to the NHL and has done well, passively well as since.
1: The, as the number one and number two overall picks, they're most likely – usually your top three, top five picks are going straight to the NHL. It's more in, – in, in those circumstances, it's more rare that they would not be playing on an NHL team because typically they're drafted by a team that needs that kind of help.
0: Oh, Absolutely um here's my worry
1: they're gonna get the freedom they want
0: nope well i sus- i don't think that's a worry i think that's a near certainty i think it means you're going to see shorter entry-level contracts and guys burning out how much or flaming out of make- the nhl ahl system faster and younger I think you're going to see guys who get drafted or get pulled uh, out of Major Junior as you know, a 19-year-old, 18-year-old overager um, who just wasn't taken in the draft, insists on NHL or nothing uh, in their negotiations, get to the NHL, play eight games, and uh, pack your bags. Uh, we'll, we'll happily pay the rest of your contract for you not to be
1: on the ice or very similar. I mean cuz you they've got uh, I mean there's more than just at that there's more than just at that point in time you either play here or you play there there's also the whole 10 game thing with like the Bruins had with Milan Lucic where they got to game 10 and, or they got he played 9 games and on the 10th game he was such a fan favorite that it was actually a more difficult choice for the Bruins to decide to keep him or send him back to major junior or whatever, or, or back to CHL, or whatever it was. Yeah. Because um, it's it, something to do with his age and contract or whatever. Yes. And I, I can't say that I understand all of the rules and regs that are handed down or that exist in the NHL and the NHLPA. But and whatever that 10-game rule is, that if they play 10 games, they have to you have to keep them.
0: It's Well, you don't have to keep them. But it counts, as, or at least in the old CBA, I'd have to look it up in the new one. It counts as a full season uh, towards the uh, expiration of their entry-level contract.
1: Um, well, that was the other thing with McAvoy was whether they wanted to uh, activate him in the playoffs or not, because once they activated him, that would automatically trigger the end yes. of it. That would automatically trigger his first year burning his first year of his deal, and they decided to the do problem. it anyway. Yeah, it wasn't a good idea, and I said it at the time, but...
0: Um, but uh, going back to the general practice... Yes? I don't know that this is... I don't know that 100% it will be good for... Um, young Canadian players. I think in some cases there absolutely are guys who probably should get a crack at the AHL or the NHL. They're Mm -hmm. just not the CHL and playing against 15 and 16 year olds, uh, is just not competition anymore. Um, you know, 18, 19. I, I, I'm okay with them personally going you know, to the going uh, to a full pro league or going to Europe. Um, but there's so much pressure, so many ways that uh, hockey Canada and other, other things can be done to pressure Canadians into young Canadians into staying in Canada, in the CHL, everything from, Oh, you'll never play for hockey Canada. If you go develop elsewhere, which is, A very similar practice to what the what USA hockey has been accused of here and there. Um, And certainly it's true in certain uh, European countries. Uh, Guys who guys from Russia who come play in North America, they don't appear on the Canadian on on the Russian Olympic teams very often. Um, And there's probably two or three other countries in Europe who are doing the same thing. Um, I suspect, and this is just, again, this is raw speculation, uh, oh, all of 10 hours after having read this story the first time that we'll probably at some point see more Canadians playing in the USHL and more Europeans playing, uh, or more non-Canadians playing in Canada. The import draft will end up being expanded simply If if this lawsuit goes through and the players win um, and the playing field is leveled um, and I don't 100 percent know what that will. I don't think anyone can tell you what effect that will have on the percentage of Canadians who actually make it into the NHL um, and play, you know. Even two full seasons.
1: Uh, the side, the the side problem there is that it, they make the if they make these changes and if and when if or when however you want to phrase it, yep. This class action wins and it forces the hand of the CHL and various other leagues in North America. The fact that there are more cities, more areas around the country that are producing. NHL caliber players in the United States is alone going to have an impact on how this affects Canadian players. Oh, yes. I mean, just look at the draft a couple of years ago when how many, what was it, eight or ten players in the first round, or eight or ten players, whatever, were all from St. Louis.
0: Yep. In I mean, middle
1: of nowhere. You got guys who are coming out of Texas and coming out of you got schools like Bowling Green and Arizona State that have college program hockey programs now
0: not just college programs but division one programs that are worthy of being there and are competitive on the national level
1: yeah Arizona State was actually in when we went to the when we went to the the Manchester regionals yeah the regionals in the, in the western region or whatever, mid, whatever they called it, Arizona State was one of the 16 teams. Yeah. If they're that good of a program that they're already making it into, they haven't, I don't believe they've been around a long time. Uh, I mean, it comes from the fact that it, it stems also from the fact that there's an NHL team, NHL franchise in Arizona. You've got three NHL franchises in California, let alone AHL franchises and and, and what and, and Western Hockey League. And, and
0: now you add in Vegas, uh, you add in Seattle um, and you've already got three WHL teams in in Washington State. I mean, it, um, I mean, the number of American born NHL players is only going to continue to rise. California alone has a higher population by a couple of million than Canada.
1: And the effect that that alone is going to have on Canadian players. I mean, so this is, is this the best thing? Not that I like the fact that they are limited in their movement and the fact that they, they feel like they're being forced into either playing gear or that's it.
0: I think there are too many variables to say whether this is actually going to be better or worse for uh, the players, the sport, uh, and the institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you come right down to it, most institutions uh, really detest the unknown.
1: Well, if the CHL hires... Peter Shirelli as like the overall general manager for the entire league, yeah. Then he can give them all no movement clauses, and this will all go out the window. I I think <laughs> that's an incredible idea. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know where this goes. I mean, it. I think. Uh, I I think it's something that was to be expected at some point somebody was going to get upset by this Uh, as i said i was the one to do it so i've been expecting this lawsuit
0: for easily four or five years
1: but what kind of what kind of can of worms pandora's box whatever colloquialism you want to throw in there are we opening are we going to experience from the fallout from this Nobody knows. There we go. (sighs) Uh,
0: What is also not known is what's next for perhaps the most iconic player in a franchise in a franchise history.
1: Most iconic player?
0: Bobby Uh, Orr? Yes. Uh, No one knows where he's going to be playing next season.
1: Oh, who's, who's that icon? I mean, iconic players, you're talking Gretzky or, uh, who's that I said, 70- for a franchise? Who's that 77 guy? Um, yeah, that Ray Bork character, he's pretty good or was, uh, probably still is, <laughs> um, Nathan McKinnon. No. Yes. That's
0: exactly who I was talking about. Nathan McKinnon, uh, because obviously after their, uh, After their loss, they're just going to clean house and wipe the roster clean. But no, I am actually talking about uh, the player who leads their franchise in points, assists, plus minus and shots and is just 14 goals outside of the all time goal scoring record uh, for his franchise.
1: Oh, you're talking about Minnesota.
0: Yes. uh, Drafted number six in 2001 Miku Koivu uh didn't his always, tenure didn't always apparently play
1: over- there, what didn't always play there though did he
0: yes he was drafted there
1: oh okay oh I'm I you know what I'm thinking of Saku Koivu but that's okay
0: yeah Saku was Montreal's baby
1: yes he was and tortured the Bruins too um,
0: <laughs> he clearly lived for playing against the Boston Bruins
1: yes he did Miku Koivu uh, the face of the franchise, and he's not going to return. That's a I'm not
0: surprised. He did not look good this uh, in this postseason uh, after the restart. Um, the and he's is, no longer young.
1: Well, I think his I think his his landing spots are limited because the man is what thirty seven now.
0: Um, he is thirty-seven. Uh, March twelfth, he'll be thirty-eight.
1: He's looking to go somewhere, such as uh, anywhere. <laughs> no, 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 because he's not going to go to well, a team that's floundering. He's not going to go to the Kings. He's not going to go to the uh, to the Ducks. Yeah, the Ducks. He's going somewhere, such as Bruins, Tampa Bay. Uh, who's a strong up and comer? A Carolina. I game. don't I don't know that it's going to work, but possibly a Carolina. I was thinking more along the lines of Vancouver, but I don't think that that's going to happen.
0: Um, That's assuming that he gets to play next year in the NHL. Um, There's also speculation that he would just go home to uh, Finland and play for uh, I mean, Liga.
1: This isn't an announcement of retirement. This is he's just not coming back to.
0: Well, he was told by uh, by Billy Guerin that he's not coming back.
1: So they're going to – well, they're going to get younger anyway because I just noticed, and this is a story I hadn't heard, um, where it says more from Hockey Wilderness, the Wild traded Eric Stahl to the Sabres from Marcus Johansson. <sighs> I'm not sure I'd make that trade, but okay. I'm not sure I understand that trade, except to get younger. <laughs> um, Somebody needs to explain that one to me. But uh, yeah, I, I think Miku Koivu. This this is a guy who, I mean, he was your he was your your penalty killing dominant center. I mean, he was strong on the penalty kill, strong in the faceoff dot. He was the guy that you relied on. And yet now he's just going away. I mean, that that's one of those tough
0: decisions that a brand new general manager has to make when their franchise is uh, to put this in highly technical terms. Terrible.
1: But Bill Guerin just uh, first of all, he traded away. He trades away Eric Stahl, who's old Migulkoi was not coming, and and by old I mean hockey old. Uh,
0: yes. Obviously, uh, he'll be thirty six in about uh, five more weeks.
1: Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I quite understand what Bill's doing, but I guess he's working within the parameters that he has at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. The question is, is Miku Koivu uh, – he's going into the – He's going into his number is going into the rafters in Minnesota.
0: That is pretty much a given. Um, we, the, I don't know that he actually makes the Hockey Hall of Fame um, as much as I absolutely adore his uh, – the way that he has played across his career.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping Don Sweeney doesn't start shopping for a 38-year-old center, though.
0: If Don Sweeney starts shopping for a 38-year-old center, he should expect that lots of NHL fans uh, of the local area are going to break social distancing and slap him in the face.
1: Bill Guerin has been a busy little beaver. He acquired Nick Bugstadt from Pittsburgh. Yes, he for did. for nothing.
0: Yes, literally a nothing trade.
1: Literally, like it, like the Nick the one Bukestad thing has a, to have
0: career numbers in an, order an, for an, them to even have to give up the seventh round pick.
1: Yeah, a seventh round conditional, a conditional seventh round pick. The conditions to, being that 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 Nick Bukestat basically becomes number one goal scorer for the team, and and all sorts of other things, I guess. But he's been a busy, he's been a busy little beaver this off season. And, and it's not even off season yet. I'm saying off season. My goodness. It's not even off season yet, but it, it, he he signed Brodine and Brodine's deal. It's six years, only 25. Uh, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. The new deal is seven years, 42. So it's 6 million per for Jonas Brodine. Uh, He's actually under his current contract runs through this upcoming season, the 2020, 2021 year. So they've got him now for another eight seasons. Uh, He's only 27 now. Uh,
0: Looks like he also re-signed Kevin Fiala back on the 11th.
1: That was to be expected after the, the season Fiala was having up there. It made, um, I'm sure Jared it made Bergen David resigned. Poyle wonder. I mean, tw- two goals, 26 assists, 28 points. Jonas Burdine is not your number one offensive defenseman, but he's solid with a plus 15. I mean, I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting because how do you take that money and push it towards one of our other topics of conversation? How does it how does his that? how does his money affect Tory Krug? He's clearly not as offensive minded as Tory Krug is.
0: Very few guys are really.
1: yeah uh, defensively, probably a little stronger.
0: yes. Uh, I mean he's he's also got a noticeable size advantage, so that he's does a, help a tiny bit.
1: he's a he's a couple of years younger. And, I, and he's getting six mil a year. So we not already pegged Krug
0: in the eight to nine million range.
1: <laughs> but and does but does this hurt or help him? I mean, somebody's gonna look at this and go, Jonas Brodine only got six. I can get away with giving Tory seven and three quarters.
0: If the number were seven and three quarters at even five or six at even five years, I think Tory Krug would already be signed in Boston.
1: Um, I mean, we don't know what Sweeney's offering and,
0: uh, I, don't I think, think the biggest hangup has been term, uh, Krug is 30 or very nearly there. And I think he wants a six or seven year deal. Um, I mean, uh, from what I've seen and heard over the summer, they don't want to really go more than five years, which I think is, mm, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan.
1: So, just not a fan. So I did mean to get away from Miku. I'm sorry. I just – I start getting going and getting excited, and once everything starts flowing, the adrenaline starts going, I just – Yes, I know. I'm, I'm in it. So with Miku Koivu, what was the biggest point you were trying to make other than the fact that he's not going to be a Minnesota Wild player anymore?
0: It's it, it really is the end of an era uh, there. Um, Miku Koivu has, as we said, he was drafted in 2001. He played his first games uh, for the team in 2005, Uh There is no there is no single player more identifiable with the brand uh, than Miku Koivu. And with the rebuild going forward, uh, you have to wonder who is going to step in as the new face of the organization, and are they going to do it with the same amount of heart and class?
1: Looking at the roster as it's currently um, currently comprised... Uh Parise is thirty six. No, Parise is thirty six. I mean, the, is Ryan Ryan Suter's thirty five? Uh, Matt Dumba.
0: Yeah. My, I, like he's probably my choice. Probably. I, I, but I could understand going with Suter or Parisi for a year.
1: But they're both almost as old as. Yes. As, as Miku Koivu is. I mean, I'm trying to find somebody that's going to be young that you can... Be, I mean, Matt Dumba's 26. There's I mean, no, the
0: only other person you could really...
1: Who hasn't no established...
0: The only other skater who has an established reputation there is really Brodine.
1: Yeah. And you just inked him to another 30, seven years. Over like 32, 33. Maybe they're hoping Nico Sturm can fill that role. That that that's probably it. Yes, he was fun to watch when he played when he played in the college tournament. <laughs> you could tell he that
0: good. I thought he, he looked good when he played uh, in the bubble.
1: Uh, oh, exceptional. Yeah. No, though. I I agree. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't uh, award worthy, but. He did look good Uh, when he played in the tournament that we saw. He played in the the regional tournament. It was clear that he was the one player on the ice that was going to be playing in the NHL, at least in his particular game.
0: He was clearly a talent that, at minimum, needed to have a cup of coffee in the NHL. Uh, despite the fact that he was undrafted, uh, somehow this six foot three, 200 pounder, um, you know, he came to the US, uh, came to North America, played in the NHL, um, which many hockey fans are unfamiliar with um, Southwest, uh, mostly Southwest Texas and that region.
1: Went to Clarkson, um, Went to Clarkson.
0: after a stop in the USHL.
1: Yeah, he play, yeah, after a stop in the USHL, he went on, played two years at Clarkson. In his second season, 37 points in 40 games. Still goes undrafted, and it's not like he's small by any stretch. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, the boy is 6'3", 207 pounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he looked every inch of it uh, when we saw him play uh, in, in Manch Vegas.
1: Yes. He did. I, I, yeah, I don't see that. There, there aren't any at, at the moment. There aren't any forwards to step into the role that Miku's vacating.
0: What will likely happen? I
1: mean, you want to you want to bridge a player and say Parise is the guy and Suter. I mean, they both signed their nine-year deals or whatever it was, eleven-year deals back in the day because they were both coming home to Minnesota and it was such a huge uh, hullabaloo and It was and
0: gross and, and, and everyone with any sense knew it was not going to work out as well as they thought, but
1: well, yes, this is true. And Parise has spent a lot of time injured.
0: Um, but here's the thing. Uh, I think that what we're going to see from Minnesota is what we saw before Koivu was named captain. And I think we're going to see like a monthly rotation for at least next season.
1: Just I don't expect to, three, to see a full-time three, captain named. Three alternates, or is somebody going to wear the C?
0: Someone is going to wear the C on a monthly basis.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
0: You heard it here first. Write it down. Share it with your friends.
1: Uh... (laughs) Share it with your friends. But Bill Guerin, and I don't think that Bill Guerin's done making moves either.
0: No. I mean, he's – since – since uh they got to the bubble
1: he hasn't extended fiala yet.
0: um hold I'm, on a second
1: I'm looking at no I'm looking at cap friendly uh, I was just pulling up what else I thought uh, he had I think fiala if he well fiala's a an r f a arbitration oh I'm sorry that
0: was that was last fall uh that was last year
1: yeah I um, gave him the three million
0: the sort is for some reason not doing everything. Together.
1: It's, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of UFA next year. He's going to be a busy beaver. Yes. Up there in Minnesota. He's got a lot of free agency going on unless he extends Fiala now. Uh, or some point during this season, because this is Fiala's obviously last season, but he's an RFA, Ryan Hartman's an RFA, Ryan Donato, RFA. He's got some work. But yeah, I don't think he's done making moves this year. You may see one or two of those players dealt, uh, unless, he's tr- unless he truly is gonna go. I mean, he's dealt off one. He's dealt off. He's dealt off one older player. Another older player said he's not coming. Parise suddenly boosts into the number one slot at 36. I don't think he. I mean, you can't really make a move. Parise's got four more years on his deal, five more years. Excuse me. So Which I don't is, think he's. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh,
0: the only way at this point that Parisi or Suter are being traded, and I think they're very, very different conversations.
1: Yeah, well, um, Suter, I think, still has uh, purchasing power. If you is if they get bought up. Suter still, but Suter does still have purchasing power. I don't know that Parise has nearly as much. You turn around and offer Ryan Suter to somebody, you're going to get back a decent haul. You turn around and offer Zach Parise, you're going to get a sixth round pick. Maybe <laughs> fifth. I think you could probably get at least a
0: third. I mean, he played 46 games last season, had uh, 25 goals in that time, um, which. Uh, if it didn't lead the team in scoring was pretty, pretty high. Uh, but yeah, no playoff goals in four games this year again.
1: Yeah, no goals, three assists. Uh, I mean, overall, as a playoff performer, he's played in 101 games. and He's got 77 points. Not terrible. Not terrible. But it's certainly again, better than Rick Nash. You know, <laughs> you are correct. Better than Rick Nash. I just, I, I he's on the, he's on the, he's on the, the west coast of where the sun is. The sun sets in the west a- at 36. Could you get a third round pick? Uh, I think it would be conditional.
0: You would, if you're trading him out, you're almost certainly keeping money. You're probably going to have to keep and 2 or $3 million a year.
1: And yeah, and you're keeping a good 40% of the salary.
0: Uh, oh, there were some general managers hired and named.
1: GMs? I know of yes. a head coach.
0: The Florida Panthers, for instance, named a general manager.
1: Oh, goodness. It wasn't first, me. So I sent first, in
0: my application. I'm very disappointed.
1: So the Burger King said yes?
0: Hey, 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 I have my standards. It was Wendy's.
1: Okay. <laughs> so who did they, because ha- I, I missed this then. Who did they hire? Uh, how did you not know this one?
0: I mean, seriously. Uh, they have hired uh, Bill Zito as general manager.
1: Bill Zito. Bill Zito came from. Oh, I cheated. I looked it up. Bill Zito came from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hmm. That would be correct. Hmm. Interesting. Uh. Okay. Has he done anything as far as.
0: Uh, yes. I, um, actually, uh, one of the gave- other people who's going to be involved out there. Is former Florida Panther himself and uh, former Boston Bruin, he of the uh, fabled shift, Greg Campbell. Uh, he's I did hear be, this one. He is going to be in charge of player uh, player development.
1: I did hear that, but Campbell got himself a job in the front office. They made it a somewhat of a big splash as far as now he's going to be joining his former line mate Sean Thornton again. Yes,
0: uh, we only need to get one more guy out there, uh, and the Merlot is uh, Merlot will be
1: flowing. And they get a set of steak knives.
0: I, <clears throat> I'm reasonably certain that the three of them should be between the three of them at minimum. They should be able to afford a set of steak knives.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so but they it doesn't look like they've done any unless and you know maybe they're going to offer Nolichari an extension after having. The season that he had. Wow. (laughs) Did anybody actually expect Nolichari to have a 20 goal? See, (laughs) I mean, Nolichari, the most he scored in any season was 10. Two years ago. Hey, it's all about the opportunities that you're given. He goes down to Florida and he's a 20 goal scorer. The man had, and, what, two hat-tricks? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, of course, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, having made the silliest mistake uh, in their new owner's
1: tenure... Um, that would be losing a GM. They didn't hire anybody, did they?
0: They did, in fact, hire uh, a oh. general manager. Uh, Bill Armstrong, the former assistant GM in uh, Bluesland, Um, Please. is is the new general manager. 4-year oh, deal, option for a 5th. Um Oh, this article is cute uh on arizonasports.com. According to this article, the Coyotes cut ties with former general manager John Chaka in late July.
1: Cut ties. Really? Did cut
0: ties? Quit? I thought he uh,
1: quit. I'm pretty sure he said I'm done and walked away. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I I kind of remember it as him quitting, but that's great. I mean, that's, that's just great uh, revision. In fact, thank if you we
1: very go much. Back, if we go back and find the the letter that was tweeted out and posted and whatnot by the owner, it pretty much said that Jake left. Yep. 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 And now they're turning around and saying that they cut ties with him.
0: Yes. Uh, what I find, uh, what I also find hilarious about this article is, uh, I can't find a name on it.
1: Nobody was willing to author it. <laughs> we have a ghost writer. <laughs> um. Yeah. Apparently. Um, or is it just? Is it just staff? <laughs> That's what My favorite writer of all time, staff. <laughs> staff is the
0: busiest writer in in the in production so no writer has written more than staff
1: uh, i yeah i agree bill armstrong i mean okay so that now we've had I find slightly
0: well i mean i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily shocked when people are poached out of the staff of uh winning teams Right,
1: and, and I understand why. I understand why it's done. That's why Housley, uh, assistant coach for, uh, assistant coach for Laviolette, when they made it to the the Stanley Cup, and the, you know suddenly with the, his defense, he gets hired as a head coach. You know, it, you you bring teams in. Ciarelli, yeah, he had you know people jump all over him, hauling this and that. I get it, but I'm not sure what Armstrong's claim to claim to fame is what has he done what i, I if i from... would
0: if i had to guess i would have to put it on the strength of his uh amateur scouting time he okay. spent over 10 years in that uh in the uh, director of sc- amateur scouting role for uh for the blues and then spent two years and 18 days very important, very important. uh as the blues uh assistant gm okay um I think, I, but this isn't a name that we heard anywhere uh, in conversation for any general manager openings. Literally, have not ever seen his name mentioned once uh, for a general manager slot.
1: No, and I I, I agree that I, that's why I'm saying this is out of left field. I don't I just don't know. Uh, my I guess my my other question is, and it's kind of Ugh, off track or whatever. my other question is that Chaco was an analytics guy he liked yep. numbers he liked data he liked quantitative so that he could make an analysis and he was pretty good at it yeah is Bill Armstrong that type of guy or is he an old school fly by the seat of your pants go by my gut Chayka didn't leave Chayka tried not to leave things to chance
0: um, I don't know. I don't know that much about that's,
1: him. That's what I'm saying. And then we don't know. And his name's never come up and, and I've never heard him mentioned for a deal you know, as a candidate for a GM spot. Was he even a candidate for the Florida spot? <sighs> they didn't bring his name up when they were talking about Florida, bringing in a GM. No, I mean-
0: as I said, I literally never heard his name in relation to any general manager spot. Um, that said, I'm not sure if I had the choice between Arizona and Florida um, to take that, those slots that I would be inclined to take Florida. For I'd all still that they've take, drafted, really good players, Arizona. that franchise
1: has been a hot mess for longer <laughs> than it was ever... They, well, it's it, is that fair though they have won a Stanley Cup? Oh I, no, wait, did they? Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. I believe John John, was Van, for them. John Van John Van Beesbrook was the goaltender. okay, The Beezer John Van Beesbrook back in the day because they played in bad. one of the longest play they played in one of the longest playoff games ever. They went like six overtimes or something like that.
0: That's just obscene. I mean that's three hockey games in one night
1: exactly. exactly what's wrong with that (laughs) if you like hockey damn it (laughs) I mean I don't know how I don't know how entertaining it is when guys are literally dragging this dragging themselves
0: well at Um, some point it goes from being hockey to group torture
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yes (laughs) I mean when when the 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 janitor has to come onto the ice to score the game winning goal. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. The janitor has been in net for two periods.
1: <laughs> well, there's that too. How many emergency goalies we got in this building? Well, we got the Zamboni driver. Uh, <laughs> we've got yeah, the Zamboni just, driver. That was a long time ago, but yes, Florida.
0: Um, <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got uh, two accountants we go. and, uh, and the kid of uh, the, uh, of the, uh, of the anthem singer uh, is in the building. He's 14, but he brought his pads.
1: Spectacular. (laughs) His Mike's team was champions of the division. So he's actually a good backup. (laughs) Where do we go from here? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We painted ourselves into a corner. Do we go with the Tory Krug stuff or do we go to talk about the awards and how they do, uh not we go with Mr. Uh,
0: I mean we've talked about him a lot. Uh it's probably been My gut te- my gut says that by the time the pause ended, uh he was not coming back.
1: Uh-huh.
0: He's not signed it's it's a it as far as I know it's a di- a difference in both term and salary and neither side sounds hopeful. Um, where could Tory Krug land? Based on almost any contender. <clears throat> yeah. Well, almost any contender, particularly on... if they're going to move pieces around and you know reload.
1: My question is, <laughs> um, no, Go ahead. I, I don't even want to ask the question
0: Go ahead.
1: because I don't want out. to think. No, I was going to say who replaces him, but that's another discussion that couldn't. That's a completely
0: different discussion, and oh, yeah. they do not have a one for one replacement in the system. And anyone who tells you they do
1: is telling you that it's Mac. I
0: can't help you if you believe them. And And I can't help them for long enough to say uh, to say it.
1: The thing is, Tori Krug has been noted as saying that he signed he has signed team friendly short term deals, you know, he has and he has. I'm not disagreeing with him. So this one, he wants it to be. The one that brings home the cash. Yes. And I completely understand and respect that. So when you turn around and say that we don't have a landing spot, we haven't found a landing spot, according to Sweeney, Um, it sounds to me like, yes, it's not just money. It's also term. And unfortunately, I do believe that Tory crew will be wearing somebody else's number 47 next year.
0: Or what? Ever number that's not retired he decides he wants to wear in that city um there's I mean if he's only going for money that's 15 18 teams uh if he's going for a chance to win and money excuse
1: me that might only be five or six well uh, I know we've discussed this uh prior to the show, and we've discussed this in the past, uh-huh. but I did find an article. Mm-hmm. I did. Yay. I found an article. Uh, now, it's a fan-sided article, so it's Alex Hogler. Uh, but according to Alex Hogler here, uh, the Vancouver Canucks should break the bank on Tory Krug.
0: Um... There are worse options. There are absolutely worse options uh, if you than bring, adding if you, him. If you bring him in. Breaking the bank is reasonably subjective.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, it, it, it says right at the top, the Vancouver Canucks need to bolster their blue line. OK, that that statement right there is vague in and of itself because bolster it how? Do you need more offense from your blue line? Are you expecting more offense? Are you looking for a defensive defenseman? Because if that's what you're looking for, since you already have Quinn Hughes to quarterback the power play, um, Tory Krug is not your man. But I if mean, you want to make sure that both power plays have a top-notch quarterback, yeah, yeah he's the guy to you bring play, in.
0: Maybe you play the two of them together.
1: Hey, if they want to send Troy Stetcher back... The Bruins way. Uh,
0: Troy Stetcher for the rights to Tory Krug. Okay. I, I I can make that trade.
1: I'd want something else. I don't know if Troy Stetcher alone is enough, but
0: Um <laughs> he, uh, it's either Troy Stetcher or likely like a third or fourth round draft pick. I'll take Troy Stetcher and I'll help him I'll go out to his house and help
1: him pack. I like Troy Stetcher. I like a lot of the players on Vancouver, which I wouldn't have said back in 2000. Yeah, back in 2011, there's no way I would have said that. But now Um, they've got a great young core. Uh, They are, after watching them this playoffs, they're going to be scary if they continue on the trajectory they're currently on. And Tory Krug would certainly be a, 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 a fine addition to that team. My question is: Where are the defensive defensemen? Tyler Myers?
0: There's the thing. You don't. You have Tyler Myers. You can pro. You can possibly put Alex Edler into that category. But
1: he's um, the he's the he's the Ryan Suter. Yes, elder statesman. That's a nice way to put it. Thank you. He is the elder statesman of that defense because I believe he's the same age as Ryan Suter.
0: Um, believe, and I you've got maybe Jody Ben, but. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm iffy on him.
1: It, wow. You are a high, you have a higher opinion of Geordie Ben than I do. But here,
0: but uh, the issue, the issue also becomes that, guess what? Tori Krug is a left defenseman as is cute as is
1: Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not going to play them on a pair together. You wouldn't do that no. normally.
0: Maybe on a power play, like a five minute major or something.
1: But, uh, well, in this article, they're talking about using them both as quarterbacks on on both power play units. So power play one, you'd have crew, power play two, you'd have Quinn Hughes, and you've got two top-notch quarterbacks for the full two minutes.
0: Without, bur- without burning them out, which certainly is workable. Um, realistically, though, I think that um, there's a more East Coast team that might be – a better fit that certainly needs to do something with their blue line.
1: I do want to say something, and I'm. Um, I know you're sitting down, right? You're, you're sitting down. You're not like yes. wandering around or something. Okay, because the second last paragraph, first sentence, <clears throat> Mister Hogler writes: Krug will likely cost likely cost close to seven million annually. And the term would likely be five to seven years. Okay, you got the term right, but close to seven million. Uh, Nine million is close to seven million. Yep. Over and above seven million. I mean, he makes it sound. Maybe I'm reading into it, but he makes it sound like he's going to get some six and three quarters million per. Which is completely baffling. Uh, Yeah, I don't under. It does say. His production in Boston speaks for itself. He's a big-time impact performer with a knack for coming up in the clutch, as evidenced by his 52 points in 75 career playoff games. Okay, thank you for the compliment, but then you opened the paragraph by saying that he was going to cost close to $7 million. I, no, <laughs> just no.
0: We're not even gonna like just leave that one alone and <laughs> I just wanted you I wanted to hear your response. Now <laughs> multiple no's. But uh, East Coast team I think could use him and who, who I think probably they're in their window. Uh, if they get rid of well, if they make one major change, I think it upgrades their likelihood mm-hmm. of actually winning. You
1: are going to send him to Philly? I uh,
0: I'm talking definitely about Philly.
1: Are you talking about Pittsburgh?
0: No, it's Philly.
1: Wow, I'm pretty good. Damn, I'm Pittsburgh, having Pittsburgh I don't think
0: has the cash to sign him.
1: Well, they're trying to they're, they're trying to shed money. I don't know why. I think they're going to go after Petrangelo. Although <laughs> I think that St. Louis is going to re-sign him. Uh,
0: If St. Louis lets Patrangelo go, they're basically declaring that they won a cup, and that was enough, and we'll try again in 10 years.
1: They're trading – they've traded Jake Allen to the Canadians. Ooh. No, they traded his money away, but they are trying to get – they're trying to free up cash so they can sign Petrangelo. Yes. Canadians, I don't think Bergevin, uh, I, I think that even if you took a feather to the bottom of his foot, it, that's all it would take to get him to admit that he wants Petrangelo and he's going after him.
0: If there's a general manager in the league who can honestly <laughs> say they don't want Petrangelo on their roster, they shouldn't be a general manager in the league.
1: No, but I think that, Bergerman is actually trying to find a way to get him there. He's going after Edmondson. He's going after Jay. He's traded for Jake Allen. He's bringing in players that Petrangelo is familiar with.
0: Yes. Uh, And I hadn't spotted that. So, yeah, Um, I think that that's a I think that's a high likelihood.
1: Mm -hmm. But I don't think he's going to end up there, though, I think unless it's huge money. That St. Louis decides not to try and match or or top. I
0: I I have a hard time imagining Petriangelo anywhere else, but it's happened. I mean, I didn't really think Pavelski was going to leave
1: San Jose. You're right. I didn't think Joe was gonna leave San Jose either. I mean, Corey uh, Perry didn't have a choice. He got bought out, but I didn't think Joe Powell was going to leave.
0: Well, Corey Perry, let's face it, had not come close to earning his salary in the two previous years. This is true. Uh, based on injuries and on ice performance. Um, and that's that's what it is. Uh, another place that might be worth talking about for Tori Krug or Petrangelo, uh if if uh, the team is deci- if the team is minded to bring someone in uh, at the higher end, and I think they probably should, is Winnipeg. The Jets Winnipeg. only have four I think guys signed for next season on their blue line.
1: I will. I will. Buy Winnipeg. I will not buy Philly unless they are actively trying to trade for the rights, the, the whole negotiating rights thing. I don't think that Sweeney wants him going somewhere in the same conference. Definitely not in the same division. I mean, if he's a free agent, then yes, he's going to go anywhere. Which may force Sweeney's hand In making a deal for him
0: I mean right now The Winnipeg Jets have Josh Morrissey Good good player Neil Pionk who took a big leap Carl uh, Dahlstrom And Tucker Pullman signed
1: That's it I wouldn't That's I it. wouldn't have a problem with seeing him in a Winnipeg uniform I think that I think he'd fit in nicely up there actually
0: I, I think that, you know, betr- just the raw competitiveness of Tory Krug and Blake Wheeler on the same roster, that's worth five or six regular season wins over losses minimum. I mean, that's you're talking legit 10 point swing versus replacing them with guys with the same point production who, quite frankly, have less art. Okay. And a lot of guys have less heart than those two.
1: Yes, uh, that I would absolutely agree with. I love clicking. And I really don't think the team is that
0: that far away uh, from from being a contender.
1: I I love. Uh, yeah, no, you're uh, Winnipeg. I think is still close. I mean, you've got Connor Hallebach who if he doesn't get the Vesna, then the fix is in. Uh, even though Vasilevsky had the most wins, and even though Tukarask had the best save percentage, um, neither one of them worked as much as Hellebuck did. And the numbers that he still put up is ridiculous. So, uh, with Hellebuck in net, if you bring in a Tori Krug to uh, bolster the defense. You've got offense coming out your ears, or should have offense coming out your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not like they're that far off. They should be back in the playoffs, and they should make strong runs for the next few few seasons. So I can see that.
0: Um, so if if we're talking about Reuniting players uh, with guys that they knew. What
1: Krug with Wheeler?
0: Uh, well, no, Wheeler was gone by the time Kruger got uh, Krug got to Boston. Uh, what about reuniting him with a guy who had a quite frankly better playoff showing than uh, I kind of expected from him? Um, he had six points in ten games uh, during the restart. Um which quite frankly was very nearly a third of his uh was over a third of his uh production in the sixty eight games that he played in the regular season. Uh but former Boston Bruin, current Calgary Flame, Milan Lucic. They have needs. Giordano is aging.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And still better to, and still a very solid defensive anchor who's uh, who is capable of the offensive end. Um, you have Krug and Hannafin. You might be able to do something with your power play. Maybe.
1: Interesting. And you send them away to the West Coast so we don't see him as much.
0: I mean, because you go back to <laughs> Hannafin's last year in Carolina. He had 10 goals, 22 assists. He's not been quite as productive uh, in, in Calgary. But give him a shot. Give him someone who can skate with him uh, on, as a defensive partner, even if it's only on the, uh, only on the power play. And I think that you're in business and looking at something better. And let's face it, that team has been terrible at scoring in the playoffs. And I think it would invi- reinvigorate or invigorate uh, and help you hold on to guys like Matthew Kachuk, who's only got two years left on his cal- on his uh, contract. Yeah, uh, He'll have negotiation rights. Johnny Goudreau. Sean
1: Monahan. I think is coming up. east. Uh,
0: they've been know. talking about trading him like since his second season, uh, and by them I mean more the press than uh, the Flames. But he's 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 rumored to have been on the market since his second season. It's absolutely hilarious, and <laughs> I, I won't put any stock in it or well, talk about it until it happens.
1: We talked about who was it? Was it Horvat or Besser? Besser. Yeah, before the playoff thing started, whatever you want to call it, the 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 restart, the bubble, yeah, the the restart. Yeah, uh, we talked about Besser I mean, so yeah, that one was kind of laughable. I didn't have any belief that that was going to happen. I don't know
0: about. No, I think mean, he might get I traded. Mean, I don't. I just don't. I just don't know where he'll land. I would put it at a 40% chance he gets traded.
1: What if Sweeney were to try to negotiate that deal?
0: If Sweeney could somehow.
1: Rights to deal, rights to, rights to sign Krug for Goudreau straight up.
0: That would never happen.
1: I know that, but how much more, I mean, what exactly has to happen? I mean, you're talking about a.
0: And realistically, you you would you would be more likely to make a Goudreau for the rights to um, Krug and the rights to Jake uh, Dabrowski trade, Jake. which I'm not 100% sure, in fact, I really don't think is advantageous to the Bruins. Better than no. losing Krug for nothing, if you're not smart enough to sign him, but...
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Um, But I don't know that it's a great trade. I mean, the Bruins need help at right wing, and Goudreau is a lefty. Okay. I would rather, I mean... An argument could be made for Elias Lindholm. I'm not sure that I would necessarily buy on that trade. Um, but an argument there, there's an argument there. Okay. Um, if nothing else, he's a little bit beefier than most of their, uh, most of their young wingers.
1: Uh, what, you don't like mangy <laughs> but I can't, I
0: can't, I can't, I don't expect that Calgary would trade him. I mean, he tossed up 29 goals and. 70 games this year and 27 and 81 last year.
1: Elias Lindholm since arriving in Calgary has been like lightning in a bottle.
0: Yeah.
1: They're not, they're they're not sending Elias Lindholm anywhere at this point in time. (laughs) That would be my belief. I mean, he wasn't, he had decent numbers in Carolina. But then he got to Calgary, and I don't know if it was playing with Gujo or playing with whoever the heck line, whatever the heck line he's on. But maybe it was getting away from country music. (sighs) Yeah, that's it. I don't know. Uh, I just I do wish that they'd read side Tory Crew, but I think that yeah, the longer this goes on, the less likely it is to happen. And then the other thing I love to do is click around at headlines while we're talking and get distracted. Were, and were you aware that Peter DeVore says that your Demko rattled the Golden Knights confidence?
0: <laughs> I. That's uh, that at this point, that that is a water is wet statement. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that he's the only reason that the Golden Knights went out. Um, I think that the Golden Knights ran out of juice. Uh, They played some of the fastest teams in the NHL uh, after the restart. And I think that we demonstrated at this point why uh, why the Stanley Cup playoffs are four rounds and not five rounds or six rounds or Mm -hmm. have everyone play.
1: And why the Stanley Cup is the toughest championship to win.
0: Um, because even even though Tampa on paper is a much better team and had a much better record than uh, the Islanders that series is still going
1: on the Islanders still have a chance yeah they do and I keep hoping they well, I I probably should be more unbiased and keep my opinions to myself but no yeah uh, have to. The, the hell with it I still hoping that the Islanders come back and take them out. I can't stand, I'm not a fan of Tampa Bay or more specifically. I'm not a fan of the head coach. Um, yeah, no, just not at all. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's, he is less unworthy this year than in previous seasons, but that's, uh, all
1: I'm prepared to say (laughs) less unworthy. That's like, that's actually a step up. You're right. Okay, never mind. I had to stop and think about it for a minute. Peter DeVore, and, and this is nothing to do with any stories that we picked. Like I said, just clicking around. But, it, yeah, apparently the quote is, the Vancouver series against Demko probably rattled our confidence a little bit in that area, scoring, as a group. End quote. Because, yeah, he allowed what? He allowed one goal... In in his first game in in his first game, I mean, Thatcher Demko kind of had a little coming out party there in the last three games of that series.
0: Thatcher Demko was <laughs> so
1: much fun to watch. He was fun uh, to watch. He was fun to watch at Boston College too. So,
0: but uh, I'm I still think that they more ran out of gas because while Demko
1: was good. I think the speed of Vancouver was wearing them out.
0: Yes, but they didn't. Uh, they played a fast team before that and they played a fast team before that. Mm hmm. Um, Vegas is in no way slow. But when you forget the amount of times they were hit, just throwing your own body in the number of hits that they that they were laying out every game. It's exhausting.
1: Ah, which leads me to the number one argument of why I think the Islanders are going to be Tampa Bay. Because if you look at the Tampa Bay bench, they're all holding their body parts and they seem to have nagging this and and nagging that because the Islanders are just physically hitting them everywhere.
0: If the if Tampa Bay doesn't win the next game, the Islanders are winning the series. Because. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Someone else gets injured uh, in the next game or injured more to the point where they're visibly slowed down.
1: They're just out physically the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, the Lightning are quicker. Yes, the Lightning are smoother. They have a deeper roster. They flat
0: out have a deeper roster. They're doing it without Steve Samkos.
1: They're doing it right now without Braden Point. Rock Nelson is is physical. You got Matt Martin, who's physical. You got hell. I think everybody on the team except Pajot is physical. Even Pajot, I guess, hit a little bit, but you know. yeah. Oh my goodness! So the only other thing I have on my slate is, and it, it's just it's. Less about the awards themselves, and more more about it's just weird how they're handing them out this season. Well,
0: yeah, they're not doing an awards show. Um, even uh, I see. I personally would have moved a virtual awards show to sometime between the end of the uh, the cup going up and uh, the free agency, or, or or I'm sorry, in the draft, or maybe just done it at the draft. You know, have it, you know, every five picks you do an award. I mm-hmm. don't know. I, d- I think that this is
1: meh. I mean, the, the winners themselves are fairly predictable. I mean, they haven't named the the big ones yet. They haven't done Besna. They haven't done Hart. They haven't done, as far as I know, anyway, unless they turn around and did those while I wasn't looking. They but Bobby, Bobby Ryan with the Masterton. Oh, they did. Nice.
0: No, they didn't. Uh, I have no, it, Bobby Ryan winning the Masterton uh, those, is the literally the most predictable thing to happen in hockey uh, this year.
1: I mean, there have been some interest. I mean, Giordano got the leadership award. OK, I mean.
0: I wasn't necessarily in love with the with the. Um,
1: GM of the year. I think that that Lamorello actually deserved it. I was getting to coach of the year because I don't know that I'm sold on Cassidy winning this award. But I I thought that Tortorella should have got it for all of the injuries that he had to deal with and the managing he had to do of the roster. I mean, you lose Seth Jones. You lose your number one goaltender. You lose Wierenski for for a time. I mean,
0: there was a time when they had like six or seven starters. Uh, I think it was someone gave a number early in the bubble hockey, and it was essentially half of a salary cap was on the was like uh, off the ice.
1: I honestly believe that it should have been Tortorella getting the award. I mean. It's nice that Bruce Cassidy got it. His team got the president's trophy. They had the most points, blah, blah, blah. But no, because he didn't have to do the managing. I mean – He didn't have to do the heavy lifting, period. Thank you. Yeah, the heavy – that's the – good on some things, not good on my phraseology lately. I uh,
0: now, I don't hate him winning because, yes, get being consistent, getting your team to be consistent for the for 70 games, not easy. It's not. but I have the same criticism of Bruce Cassidy as I do one of the other nominees, uh, and that's the fact that I don't believe that they make good in-game or in-season adjustments.
1: You wouldn't be talking about AV now, would you? How can you badmouth such a... Okay, I can't do it with a straight face. Never mind.
0: <laughs> See, it's not badmouthing when it's absolutely flat out true. I can't do it with
1: a straight face. I tried. I'm not... A, I don't... i am No. Elaine Vigneault does not have a good... Indie. I mean, and I think in some ways that came to be seen... In both series, I mean, Elaine Bagnio, when his team fell behind to Montreal, he couldn't adjust to it on the. I mean, and the things just got worse. It just vortexed into a. I mean, what was it a five nothing loss? I mean, it, they, they couldn't. He couldn't they make couldn't any quite. adjustments. Yeah, and I think Cassidy struggled in that area as well.
0: He struggled last year. He
1: struggled this year because he's not
0: that good. He's not a bad coach. I just don't see him. I have difficulty seeing him as a winner.
1: And the um, other, I also have difficulty with Sean Couturier. I, I like Sean. I just, I don't know that he had the season. That Given brings- how
0: meh, Philadelphia, I mean, Philadelphia had a solid regular season, Okay, that's all you can say about it, and he was a big part of it, um, I don't hate it, I, I'm just not in love with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm possibly more okay with that than with Cassidy winning. Because I think that in that, in those three coaches, there was a clear-cut guy who should have won, and his name was Tor- John Tortorella.
1: You and I are in agreement there, yes.
0: Um, Bobby Ryan, we uh, we mentioned that. Yes, it was it was a gimme for him to make it back. Um, and to didn't he score two goals or have a hat trick his first game back?
1: who was this Bobby Ryan first game back, first game back. He had a hat trick, I believe. Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was a big night. I mean, the guys the guy went and dealt with his personal, his own personal situation. And for him to come back from that and to still show that he's pretty good on the ice, Um, I don't think he's as good as he was when he was younger, but he's still pretty good on the ice. No, I I don't have. I mean, mean,
0: when he was younger, he was still there at number two.
1: I mean, the the three players that they finalist for that award, I mean, Stephen Johns, Oscar Limbaugh. You couldn't have gone wrong with any of the three. No. With that particular award. And King Clancy, somehow I knew Matt Dumba was getting that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I again, I don't think you could go wrong with any of the three, but somehow Matt Dumba, especially when he stood up, and I know that they picked the awards based on regular seasons, but I mean, this is leadership on and off the ice When he made his speech at the beginning of the playoffs, and and I thought, okay, now uh, you know Matt's going to get Matt's going to get the award. He leads the he's co founder of the Diversity Alliance. Mm -hmm. I like Matt Dumba as a player. Always have. I mean, when he was drafted, I was depressed because Bruins didn't get him. (laughs) In fact, I think we talked about that and more than once. Yep. I don't know. I, I, I think I just I'm weirded out by the way they're the way they're doing it. Maybe I'm just a traditionalist and I'm used to them having an award show and they hand them all out all in one night. But.
0: Yeah, I I, I can't say that I love uh, the way that they're doing it. Um, if you're not going to do the independent show. Uh, I think that integrating it with the NHL draft is probably a better strategy than the ad hoc throwing out an award um, every couple of nights. Especially since, you know, the TV listings don't even have the uh, games right uh, every night.
1: (laughs) This is true.
0: Anyways, I think on. we've covered absolutely everything we wanted to cover and like five other topics.
1: We did. We did indeed. It was a it is a full show.
0: Um, so any prediction on that um, on the Eastern um, Conference series before we uh, adjourn until Sunday?
1: <laughs> after my after I got the number of games right, but the team wrong in the Western Conference. <laughs> I suppose I could just as easily embarrass myself and say, the Islanders are going to come back and win it in seven, which is basically I like what the way I you think. said, which is basically what I said before anyway. So
0: <laughs> I like the way you think, I'm not going to say whether I agree or disagree, but I like the way you think. Thank you. And that ladies and gentlemen is the show hit us up on Twitter. Um, anytime um, at Pucksage for me, At the Off Wing for Chris. Have a great day and uh, talk soon.